To the Multi Michiganders, we are banging dang, and we have some BDN news for you, boy. Sports! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, I guess. Why is there sports stories? No, if, if if news is a sport, I guess it could be right. Yeah, the sport of misinformation. Well, it's voluntary misinformation. Voluntary misinformation doesn't even make sense. It makes perfect sense. They choose to do that, right? And you choose to watch it. I don't watch news. Bad enough I gotta fucking do this shit. Yeah, but these aren't even real news stories. Of course they're real news stories. <laughs> they're real, but are, yeah. they, are they real? Fuck yeah. <laughs> this one is definitely really real. December 2nd, 2020. Uh, ultra-conservative uh, EU politician resigns after breaking COVID laws by attending a 25-man orgy. Whoever <laughs> said that politics are boring. Politics. <laughs> 25 man orgy? I'm sure. Or person. It says man, but we'll find out if it's person or not. Practice what you preach. It's generally a pretty good guideline for going through life, right? I'd say so. If you start telling other people that they should do, it's only right that you yourself abide by those guidelines. Guidelines. (laughs) Well, (laughs) we all know that too often isn't the case. It's easy to dictate other people's lives, but as we people seem pretty comfortable... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we as people seem pretty comfortable with giving ourselves a break. Well, I guess I can give myself a break on this one. Yeah, get some kick ats from now on. The next now time then. you bring your ass back in here, I'm going to have to kick my ass. I'm going to have to show myself a lesson. I'm going to let you slide on this. I'm going to let me slide on this one. I'm going to set your bond at fucking zero dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and you're on house arrest. Any house that you find, you can go in and arrest somebody. See, do they put people on house arrest nowadays? <laughs> of course they do. Why? I don't think it would make a difference. What, right now? Oh, yeah, during the lockdown? Everybody else is on house arrest anyway, so fucking, that's not a punishment. Well, if they're on house arrest, they actually have a fucking uh, ankle bracelet, so they, well, would, they would know if they're in the house or not. Give it a couple months. We all will, too. Right. Well, one place we see this hypocrisy is, you guessed it, politics. Polo ticks. All right, maybe it's because politicians are constantly in the public spotlight, but mm. decision makers across the aisle often seem to relax their standards when it comes to their own lives. A great example of this unfolded recently in the European Union. At the eye of the storm is Hungarian member from huh. uh, German Assembly <laughs> of the European Parliament, Joseph Sazia. MEP Sazia was recently busted skirting COVID nineteen laws restricting the number of restricting the number of people gathering that you can have at your house or outside or I don't know anywhere right. Uh, Cesar Sazer is a married man with a daughter. He is a founding member of the hardline Fidesz party. The party currently holds power in Hungary with Prime Minister Viktor Orban at its helm. So it's not only a party, it's the party, right? 
I would say. I guess. Do are that is that the party in charge? Well, it's just the Prime Minister Victor Orban is the fucking uh the leader. The Fidesz party has gained notoriety for its extremely conservative politics, including such things as defending the sanctity of marriage. Prime Minister Orban in Oh oh wait. What? So defending the sanctity of marriage is a fucking extremely conservative viewpoint? I guess so. What the fuck? Uh, Prime Minister Orban is uh, particularly known as a firebrand, often railing against the more liberal values <laughs> often of... Often railing other dudes in the ass <laughs> right. at a 25-man orgy. Uh, after railing against the more liberal values of the Western Europe and the EU, he's against them. He's a fucking Hungarian Trump. Oh, you shit. then imagine that Mr. Is that says, what that says? No. Oh. Uh, you then imagine that Mr. Cesar would subscribe to some rigorous more standard, moral standards, right? You'd be like, if you're a part of this fucking uh, party system where your prime minister is like, mm, and you're a part of this too, and you should be a pretty fucking straight-edge guy, right? You would think. Pretty damn good. Well, you really have to think. <laughs> I don't know why he says that. <laughs> Does it yeah. says that too? <laughs> well, you really do gotta think. Uh it's bad enough for Cesar to be caught red handed like this, but he didn't even do it with dignity. Dignity <laughs> dignity. The whole thing started on twenty seventh November when uh Belgian police received several noise complaints about a party. The complaints concern a second floor apartment in Brussels where European Parliament's committee meetings are primarily held. As a result, the cops decided to give the party goers a surprise visit. And what a scene it was when they opened the door. According to Fox News, oh, the police, <laughs> oh, Jesus, not even credible now. Oh, <laughs> shut it down. The, uh, the police found a full-blown orgy in action with 25 <laughs> mostly naked men in attendance. Oh, no. Mostly <laughs> naked. When the, op- yep. when the officers started marching in <laughs> through the door, one of the men decided to make a break for it. With a backpack on him, he climbed out of the second-story apartment's window and jumped down to the street. Sarah Durant, spokesperson for the Brussels Deputy Public Prosecutor, said that shortly afterwards, a passerby saw the man fleeing along the gutter. Uh, the man's hands were bloody. It's possible that he may have injured himself. Well, obviously, well, he jumped out of the fucking so? building. Narcotics were found in his backpack, she added. When detained, the man was unable to produce any identification, so the police cordially escorted him to the residence, to his residence, where he is identified as MEP Joseph Czar. Cesar. Wow. Oh, wait. So it was the, <clears throat> the politician dude fucking yeah, jumped out? Jumped out. Sir. That dude was like, <laughs> I'm ruined. <laughs> uh, with the same breath that now uncovers Cesar claimed diplomatic immunity. Yeah, whatever. And so he got off with a stern warning. What? Despite blatantly violating Belgium's COVID restrictions. Oh, no. Yeah, man. Fucking diplomatic immunity. You can't be prosecuting those motherfuckers for shit. Right. He may have slipped through the hands of the police, but Cesar didn't escape completely without consequence. Two days later, on Sunday, November 29th, he resigned from his position as an MEP. Still two days later, on Tuesday, December 1st, Cesar released a public statement in it. He admitted that he indeed attended the house party in question and apologized for irresponsible behavior. I deeply regret violating the COVID restrictions. It was irresponsible on my part, and I am ready to pay the fine that occurs. With my resignation on Sunday, I drew the political and personal consequences. I apologize to my family, to my colleagues, to my voters. I ask them to evaluate my misstep against a background of 30 years of devoted hard work. The misstep is strictly personal. I didn't use drugs. He says I offered them. I offered to the police to take an instant test, but they did not do it. Police said an ecstasy pill was found. It's not mine. I was just holding it for a friend. Mm. 
Um, he's, he's like, no, I don't know who placed it on me and how they did it. You can decide for yourself what you think of Cesar's statement. We're just stating uh, we feel like we've heard these same lines before. First of all, he's at a fucking gay orgy. Right. And he gets found with an ecstasy pill in his fucking backpack, which everybody knows that ecstasy heightens your fucking sex fucking right. feelings or whatever. And I mean, whatever. He well, was right. It is well, a personal fucking um, thing. It is. Well, the party's uh, the party's leader and prime minister of Hungary, Orban himself, rebukes Cesar in a statement on the 20th of September. I mean, December. Wait, they're in Hungary? Yeah. What's their... Uh, homosexuality laws oh i'm pretty they're sure they're probably pretty fucking relaxed europe's pretty pretty uh relaxed about probably orban said that cesar's actions had no place in the values of our political family oh he's right we will not forget nor repudiate 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 r-e-p-u-d-i-a-t-e repudiate 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 Reputed, reputated. <laughs> Basically, he says we will not forget his 30 years of work, but he is indeed an unacceptable and defensible actions against this fella. Indefensible? Yeah. Uh, commenting on Cesar's decision to resign, Orban said he made the only and right decision. We acknowledge his decision just <laughs> as we acknowledge that he was apologized, that he has apologized to his family, his political community, and to the voters. Basically saying, Adios. There's nothing wrong with participating in a sex party of any kind. However, such kinds of meetings with many people are illegal under the coronavirus laws. <laughs> An unidentified source told the parliament. At the parliament, told the Guardian. So clearly they don't mind orgies. This motherfucker's got busted. The fact of being covered by parliamentary, parliamentary immunity does not exempt anyone from obeying the law. While the police can't prosecute at this very moment, his diplomatic immunity will drop on the 1st of January. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. You know they're going to charge his ass, too. Yeah, $300. Well, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, orgies aren't illegal, so apparently they they are when oh. you're fucking violating COVID rules. Well, still, Cesar's claim to fame was that he masterminded the 2011 Hungarian Constitution, restricting marriage to between a man and a woman, and that is it. So, getting arrested as a gay orgy uh, a contributor is not a great look for him. Well, he said marriage. And it says, naughty, naughty. <laughs> hey, yeah, but he said marriage. Right. So, just to recap the story, a Hungarian politician got busted with a 25-man orgy in a hotel, busted out the window and fucking ran for his life, leaving his backpack full of drugs behind he admitted like a man and resigned. I like it. Good for him. Good for Hungarians. Well, good for hung Germans. Hung Germans. Good for hung Germans. Good for hung Germans. You gotta love them hung Germans. I mean, good for them, really. <laughs> All right, if that's the case. All right, let's play the guessing game. Uh, this next story is from somewhere in Europe. No, this is a recorn story that we had Oh, uh, that Lee and Corey did. Oh, a while back. If any of you guys remember, a guy sued his parents over a stash of porn that was destroyed. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Well, the guy who sued his parents over porn won. Remember this case from earlier this year? Here's the end of the story, guys. Uh, we told you about a guy who sued his parents back in April because they destroyed his porn collection. His collection was worth almost $30,000. Oh, damn. 
If you guys want to see the original right, I forgot stories, about that. Uh, just uh, type in in Google, Parents Destroy $29,000 Porn Collection in Sun Tzu's. And you can read the story there if you forgot Lee and Corey's little thing. But anyway, the judge... Uh, well, Michi- see, it wasn't... It's from Michigan. I know Lee and Corey did it, but it was on... It was on the Bay Mouth of Michigan. Right. Uh, the Michigan guy sued his parents for throwing away his collection and is about to receive a large reimbursement from them. The United States District Judge Paul Maloney ruled Wednesday that the parents owed money to the son for destroying his personal property. David, a 42-year-old... <laughs> <laughs> They don't say where he's from in Michigan. Uh, 42-year-old is set to get $75,000 from Beth and Paul working. She only was, they destroyed 30000 We're fucking getting seventy five. dollars uh, uh, emotional, emotional distress. Yeah. David won the summary here. judgment for his case, and his parents can file written submissions on the damages until mid-February. In the original lawsuit, David estimated the collection at worth $25,000. His lawyer, Miles Greengard, said that we have asked the court for treble damages, which we believe are warranted again. Because uh, the destruction of private property. I mean, come on, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. He also said this was a collection of often irreplaceable items and property. I mean, I get it, one of a kind, right? No matter if it is porn. Probably had some rare ass issues there. Or... Uh, David was living with his parents, <laughs> literally rare ass issues, in Glenhaven on eastern shore of Lake Michigan. So by the thumb. He, okay. moved, he moved to Muncie, Indiana, a few months later, and he discovered he was missing twelve boxes of porno films. Oh, and right, 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 right. Well, so he got it. He got it, man. Got a seventy-five grand right, from his parents. Well, good for him. All right, well, good for him. It's a good follow-up story. I did not see coming. All right, forgot all about that. Right. We should probably go back and see what other stories we did that didn't have a right conclusive ending. ending. Right. All right. Next story is from. Mm, this one's going to be from. Well, first you got to give me a hint. Is it foreign or domestic? Foreign. Mm, this one is popular subject lately. Well, not subject, but. This one is from... A popular country. This one is from Hungary. <laughs> or Germany. <laughs> no, man. Italy. Oh. Oh. This one's from Italy. And this one has something to do with coronavirus. Woman grows hair in her mouth in a rare case of <laughs> gingival hirsutism. That's fucked up. I would never guess that. <laughs> There's pictures of dentists picking hair out of her fucking gooms. Around her teeth. That bitch is lying. That bitch ate a fucking coochie and fucking <laughs> that shit got caught in there. Uh, one baffled doctor wrote up, wrote up the discovery. There's no clear explanation for this anomalous presence. It's been over a decade, but the rare case of a woman growing hair out of her mouth is still fascinating experts. This began when a 19-year-old Italian woman met doctors at the University of Campania Luigi Ventavidiel. 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 Whatever. Desperate for answers, her <laughs> diagnosis was gingival hirsutism, an extremely rare condition. Their findings published in the fucking Oreo Radiology chronicles the woman's strange and recurrent symptoms. She first sought help in 2009. Wait, reoccurrent? So she's like the Santa Claus? She plucks them out and they just grow back? Right. They're eyelash-like hairs, and they keep growing from the gooms behind the upper front teeth. So at least it's behind. Did you say the gooms? The gooms? <laughs> The gums, the gooms, they're both the same, right? Does it say gooms? No, it says gums. Oh. <laughs> Doctors diagnosed her with uh, polycystic ovary syndrome. Wait, I thought they diagnosed her with fucking right. something else already. Which results from a sex hormone imbalance. This bitch just needs to get laid. Huh. She's, well, she's giving fucking... birth. Yeah, she's giving birth control pills 
and surgery to remove the gum hairs. It seemed to, it seemed to have worked, but at, at first, there was no recurring hair growth. If this bitch has got hair grown out of her teeth, imagine what her armpits and her fucking vajayjay looks like. Right, but in 2015, the gum hair returned and had spread to her chin and neck as well. So she's got a crazy hair thing, man. Yeah, some bitches be like that. Hair in the gums, huh? Or in the gums. There's no clear explanation for this anomalous <laughs> presence of one relatively common finding and the absence of the other in a oral mucusa. They don't know, man. They're like, fuck, I don't know. Is there not another case recorded like this in the world? There's got to be. Don't say. They said it's extremely rare. Extremely rare. So if it's ex- if it's just her, then I would say it's extremely rare. Yeah, I would say it's one of a fucking kind. <laughs> <laughs> one in a million. <laughs> and yet they're not the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next story is from Louisiana. No, pretty close, though. Is it in America? Yeah, it is. Next story is from Texas. No, pretty close. Next story is from Arkansas. Ooh, almost. The next story is from Missouri. Nope, Kansas. This is not close at all. <laughs> it's very close. Uh, no, I guess. Kansas man requested a GOT style, I'm guessing that's Game of Thrones. I guess. A Game of Thrones style trial by combat. Huh. Against his ex-wife to settle their custody dispute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Damn. Forty-year-old father claims he made the request merely to match the absurdity he believes his he's endured from his ex's attorneys throughout the divorce. I get it. It's no secret divorce can get ugly, but sometimes they even veer on the ridiculous side, as in this case in Kansas. Uh, the man who asked an Iowa court to approve a trial by combat against his wife using Japanese swords. <laughs> the samurai wannabe is 40-year-old David Ostrom, <laughs> who told the court that his ex-wife, Bridget Ostrom, had destroyed him legally. Uh, so he said it makes sense to settle their custody battle using a tradition from a, a, tradition from a culture he most certainly knows nothing about. <laughs> the sword battle. Ostrom said, uh, "How do they know that they don't know? He don't know nothing about it, right? Apparently, the husband says it would allow them to duke it out with his ex or her attorney on the field of battle, where he will rend their souls from their corporal bodies." <laughs> to accommodate the duel, Ostrom asked that the Iowa District Court allow him twelve weeks of leave. Iowa. Yeah, what would it be in Iowa? Did they go to Iowa? Maybe she lives there. Right. Well, the Iowa District Court, he asked the Iowa District Court to allow him 12 weeks of lead time to either make or find some samurai swords. (laughs) Preferably a katana (laughs) or a wakazishi. He's like, bro. You got to get the equipment. He's like, right, bro. Let me, I got to get a fucking, uh, uh, what are those things? A forge. Let me get a forge. Right. A big ass anvil. (laughs) And I need a lot of heat. (laughs) That's what a forge is. Right. (laughs) <laughs> Ostrom, in his defense, at least tried to make a compelling argument as to why the custody battle should be settled in such an extreme way. I agree with him. To this day, trial by combat has never been explic- explicitly banned or restricted as a right in these United States, Ostrom asserted, according to court records. Ostrom asserted that the uh, antiquated method had been used recently as of 1818 in the British court, which was, in fact, 200 years ago outside and of the United States. Recently. Not to mention Wait, that British outside. sword fighting is, right, and of the United States. That's stupid. Uh, not to mention that British sword fighting is probably a lot different from uh, Japanese. What the fuck does it matter? It's not like they have to do Japanese moves. It's, they got a fucking samurai sword. Well, he said you got to do it this way. He said basically I was just fucking trolling the fucking other lawyer. Like, you see how you see how fucking pathetic you, oh, and dumb you okay. sound. It was, 
doing it to be a fucking right. smart guy, huh? Still, phenomenal idea. Right. Fucking go out there with a samurai sword and fight her. But still... Uh, and then she ends up killing him. <laughs> his wife's attorney respectfully asked the court that this order would not be done. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Don't listen to him. <laughs> uh, Ostrom, who owns Parsley, has no experience in sword fighting, responded that trial by combat wasn't always won by death. The duel could also be called when one of the parties cries craven and yet yields to the other. Right. Which could happen instantly. Right. Just fucking laser sword down. is like, I give up. <laughs> She's like, but I still want the dogs. He's like, no, <laughs> beheads here. <laughs> oh my goodness! Interesting, interesting. He said, uh, "In all reality, uh, the counsel, which is what the lawyer and the defendant, or whatever, sure, uh, they have proven to themselves to be cravens by refusing to answer the call to battle. Thus, they should lose this motion by default." He wrote. <laughs> Is this guy representing himself? <laughs> I hope so. I hope not, because that lawyer is probably... He's probably like, fuck it, just go ahead, bud. I mean, he's got some valid points. It's not outlawed. There's nothing in the Constitution that says you can't battle to the death. Right. He said, I'm neither violent nor insane, but rather just wanted to spotlight the hardship on myself and my children that has come from this court's bias against men and fathers... Every fucking guy in a in a custody case for financial support. They're saying like, you know what, you motherfucker, you're the man. Just take it. We'll take eighty percent of your paycheck and live with it, bud. Fuck that. That's all. Even if you're not famous, sign a prenup. They could have done a fencing thing. At least no one got hurt, right? <laughs> uh, they should have that. Like, right? You know what? That's that's a fucking TV show right there. Instead of uh, people settle they their have fucking divorce court and all that shit, why don't you not do a divorce? Well, just like those? any fucking court case, right? You guys settle so your not... fucking thing with fencing. <laughs> Whoever fucking wins wins the judgment. <laughs> That'd be fucking hilarious. No, they should do jousting. Well, that's dangerous. So it's fencing. I don't know. No, it's not. Jousting will fuck somebody up, man. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. All right, this one's from. It's a great state. A great state. So it's in the United States. A great state. So it's from Texas. That's a great state of Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Alabama police bust illegal winery operating inside, you guessed it, a sewage facility. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Also, let me guess. Oh. (laughs) A wine, a distillery, and a sewage. A sewage facility. Oh, a facility. Right. Authorities searched the wastewater facility following an anonymous tip. Um. This is in in a in a water treatment plant in Rainsville, Alabama, a small town in northern Alabama. According to local news, the tip the tip led to an investigation. Oh, what the hell's going on here? The tip led to an investigation by local police in mid December. DeKalb County. Whoa, what's up in DeKalb County? Everywhere, man. They're like terrible people. Don't they have one in Georgia too? Yeah, that's the biggest county in Georgia. Right. <clears throat> Authorities found a large illegal winery operating inside of this water treatment facility. During the search, agents with the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency and State Bureau of Investigation uncovered a large amount of illegal alcohol. The makeshift winemaking operation also shows signs of long-term use. Just in that, the background, the background, the underground business had been operating for a very, very, very long time. Except for since prohibition. Just kept on going. You think? I doubt. 
On the scene were local right on the scene were local authorities joined by Rainsville Mayor Roger Linkerfelt. <laughs> Various buckets and glass containers were found. There was also a fermenting rack, a fermenting vessels with uh, white and red wine and other equipment typically used to make homemade wine. So was there anything that was disgusting here, guys? Was oh, that, man, was they that, just fucking used the, the, they just used the facility to fucking make their wine. Right. However, the fuck. The problem is it's very legal. There to is produce, no problem. It is very legal to produce wine in Alabama. However... State law dictates that it's illegal to produce more than 15 gallons of wine or beer at a very time. These guys are doing over 100 gallons. Without a permit. <laughs> right. So it's all about money, man. So they just go and Obviously. get a permit. So yeah, there's that, basically. Smart little fuckers. Smart little fuckers. Good for them. Fuck them off 15 gallons at right. a fucking time. Don't tell me how much fucking wine I can 15 make. 15 gallons. That's still a lot. <laughs> <laughs> of wine? Fuck yeah. Yeah, not really. A gallon of wine could be drinking one night. It's 15 nights it's worth true. of wine. That's very true. Unless it's some fucking 13% bullshit, and then you're getting fucked up. Moving on. Moving on. This one's from the Czech Republic. No, close. Slovakia. No, close. Germany. No. China. <laughs> it's not close <laughs> at all. It is. It's not. It's there. China recommends flight attendants wear diapers while in session. Fucked up. China's Aviation Authority released new COVID-19 safety guidelines that include the suggestion that flight attendants wear diapers to avoid using plane bathrooms. That's pretty fucked up. Um, how does that make sense? Right. They still got to change the fucking diaper. Either way, yeah, it's disgusting. You're just going to shit and piss and walk around. Yeah, fuck that. Well, they would. Have you seen fucking um, Chinese malls and shit, right. dude? People literally just shit in the middle of the fucking mall. All this to avoid... I thought they had that shit under control. That's pretty fucked up. Well, you mean China, who hasn't reported, like, any new fucking deaths or cases in months? Well, what are you going to do? Diapers. <laughs> oh. Yep. After one person during one flight of all these months contracted COVID-19 on the airplane. Well, it's because it wasn't just one person on one flight. Flying from Italy to South Korea. It wasn't even China. <laughs> what the fuck? From Italy to South Korea? Maybe it was Chinese Airways, though. It could be. So that's fucked. I mean, they are. They can do whatever they want. Yep. They can make their fucking citizens wear diapers. Can't do anything about it. True that. Moving on. I'm moving on. This one's from France. France, huh? France, huh? <clears throat> this one is from a uh, remote island between the Philippines and Hawaii. Guam? Uh, no, Marshall Islands. Um, an unmanned boat just washed up on a remote Pacific island carrying $80 million worth of, you guessed it, cocaine. Mushrooms. Cocaine. $80 million of cocaine just washed up an island with no people on the fucking boat. That is fucking crazy. Okay, so then what happened? Uh, Marshall Islands police are no strangers to the realities of the global drug trade, according to Radio New Zealand. The country has seized hundreds of kilos across its atolls over decades. An atoll or atoll or whatever is a uh, volcano fucking cluster that's above the ground, I guess. Like a little island, I would suppose, right? Across its atoll? So, across its fucking... Land? Yeah, just a little bit. On the other hand, 
the singular shipment uncovered last week is unprecedented. Unprecedented with an estimated street value of $80 million. That's estimated. It's right. Double that. Mm. Uh, authorities incinerated all but two of the so-called bricks. Oh, of course. <laughs> all but two. And the, they, they, they gave it to the United States fucking uh, the DEA, of course. Here, you guys analyze this. <laughs> The blocks were wrapped in yellowed plastic stamped with a uh, red logo bearing the letters KW and likely originated from South or Central America. Damn, all the way to the Philippines? Well, I guess. It's a lot of cocaine. Mm. Uh, the initial discovery was made by the Aleuk resident, Cosby Elfred, one of the only around 400 people who lived there. How uh, big of a boat was it? He had locals try to carry the boat. To land, but notice rather quickly that it was far heavier than it looked. Just a little boat, bud. Like a little canoe. Probably stacked to the brim. Not a canoe. Well, not a canoe, but like a, a boat. Well, if you can carry it. They said they tried carrying the boat, but it was heavier than they thought. What do you mean? How is it heavier than they thought? If it was fucking stacked full of shit, you would have seen it. Right. What, then people are like, monsters over there can just carry boats <laughs> i was gonna say he tried pick up that size of the boat john he tried carrying the boat but it realized it was heavier than thought oh so it probably was in like a trap door type fucking dealio stored underneath and whoever was in the boat probably got fucking took over with some waves right fucked him up oh this guy admitted that there has been quite a few boats that like this that has washed up in the past year <laughs> so where's the rest of the drugs <laughs> he didn't even say <laughs> Oh, man, this guy's in on it. Bullshit. <laughs> Somebody probably fucking caught him, and then he was like, I found this. He's in on it. Investigate that fucking guy. Right. Fucking bastard. Yeah, they're burning this shit, too, and a lot of people standing around it. They're, like, having a party. Ain't nobody burning shit. <laughs> Kept all of it. Repackaged it with the fucking logo of the country on it, and fucking... Sold that shit. Uh, the fiberglass boat that they just discovered now, they found two boats a few years back carrying cocaine as well with the exact same symbol on it. It looks like a Nike swoosh symbol and a dolphin painted on the side. There was uh, one common one common denominator, however. All three boats had three stars on them. What's that mean? Oh, oh I bet you I know what happened. They probably fucking... They probably put the fucking cocaine in the boat, set it loose, and told whoever was supposed to receive it, this is the boat you'll find with three stars on it. That's your fucking right. pickup. And a banana or whatever. Right. What was it? Johnny Chimpo. Yeah. <laughs> what did they say that was on this boat? A fucking um, KW or something. Yeah, with another, with the picture. A dolphin? Yeah, a dolphin. You just said it two seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> you said banana. You said banana. <laughs> I didn't say shit. <laughs> Uh, I said Johnny Jimbo. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. on. <laughs> Let's see what else we're at, bud. This one's from Congo. Not at all. This one's from uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Almost. This one's from Alabama. Mm-mm. This one's Close. from Arkansas. Mm-mm. Missouri. Florida. Louisiana. Georgia. Florida. A large, South very Carolina. large, very large crocodile is spotted in a Florida woman's backyard. Why is there a crocodile in Florida? Probably a pet. It was actually a rare crocodile. It's been spotted a few times in recent days by neighbors. And nobody called anybody except for one. It's an American crocodile. There's American crocodiles? No, they don't exist. It was it was between 10 and 15 feet. But you can't tell the difference between 5 feet 
Jeez, it used to be like 12 to 15 feet. I mean, it was between... It was between, it was between five between and 30 foot, feet. It was between <laughs> one foot and fucking 3,000 feet. I don't really know, man. Hansen said the crocodile would be left alone for the time being as the protected species requires trappers to receive federal permission to relocate the animals. Uh, there's no such thing as crocodiles in the United States, so what is this? Well, clearly it must be a fucking thing if they uh, need a federal permit just to do something. There's no crocodiles in the United States. Clearly there might be. That's a croc. It's not a gator. Definitely a crocodile. No, I got I to gotta check this out. There's probably a fucking... Uh, a low, extremely low population. They probably swim up from the fucking south or something. There are American crocodiles off the coast of Mexico and South Florida. And as far as Peru and Venezuela. Oh, shit. 13 to 16 feet in length. So that guy was a big a big uh, adult. I didn't know there was such thing as a fucking uh, American crocodile. Didn't know there was crocodiles in fucking Florida. Population is present from South Florida and the coast of Mexico to as far south as Peru and Venezuela. Coastal areas is found in river system, but tends to prefer salinity. Right. Saw it. Yeah. Uh, resulting in the species congregating in brackish lakes, mangrove swamps, lagoons, caves, and small islands. Right. Yeah, so this guy was clearly fucking living somewhere over there, and then... Uh, right, he got lost. <clears throat> he got lost. And these guys are also uh, a vulnerable species. Yes, they are. I think uh, males can reach lengths of 20 feet, mm. 2,000 pounds. Damn, a ton. Wow. On average, mature males are more than in the range of 9 to 13 feet. Oh, shit. Weighing up to about 880 pounds. What same size crocodile, then? I mean, uh, alligator? Like any other large crocodilian, <laughs> the American crocodile is potentially dangerous to humans. Right. Though it tends not to be as aggressive as some other species. It, yeah, they don't give a fuck, man. They know they're dying breed. <laughs> Inter- <laughs> Interesting. Fuck you. I did not know that. Tampa Bay, they're saying? Florida Bay? Modern day dinosaurs. Why is it I've never heard of a fucking crocodile in America? Right. I mean, I could see in, like, Jamaica. Holy shit, dude. That bitch is huge. Look that's at that a, other one. That's in Costa Rica. Look at this one. See, I always thought gators looked so much meaner because their snouts are bigger around than those pointy-ass crocodile. Very, very interesting. Huh. I, I, you learn something new every day. I had right. no idea there was a fucking American crocodile. Isn't that fantastic? It is fantastic. Moving on, moving on. World War, World War One era cannon found buried under Canadian baseball field. Construction crews were digging up a baseball field in Ontario, made a surprising discovery. Like, damn, that's a German cannon. They must have buried that after World War One. Right underneath the pitcher's mound. Fucked up. Uh, yep, they're coming, they're building a new school at this baseball field that's no longer a baseball field. City said the cannon was brought to the town in 1922 and was displayed alongside a cenotaph at General Amherst High School. He said it was then moved to Centennial Park in 1971 to make way for an expansion to the school and, and the cannon, which was oh, determined okay. to be in poor condition, was buried underneath the monument. They're like, yeah, that's, that's, we're going to have to sand it down and all that shit, just bury it. The cannon was forgotten when the sand path was moved again in 1980s, and the area was turned into a baseball field with the gun steer buried underneath. Yeah, they knew it was there. Okay, so nothing to see here, folks. No, it's not like it was like the Germans escaping with a cannon, right? And they buried it. Come back for it later. (laughs) (laughs) That still is pretty crazy, right? Just bury a cannon, right? 
Why would you do that? I mean, it's nothing new. You find people in Germany. All the time. Like, are constantly, they have to get, like, permits and shit to dig. Right. Because so you never know how many fucking um, undetonated bombs and all oh, types dude. of shit are fucking there, dude. Imagine fucking Vietnamese. Oh, they, they know where everything's at. <laughs> Everybody, go back and fucking pick those motherfuckers up. There was this one story, this dude either was having work done or something happened, and he had to dig up his yard, and he found, like, fucking, there was, like, literally, like, ten fucking unexploded bombs in his fucking yard. Oh, no. Just ready to fucking go off at any minute. That's fucked up. And they they eventually had to carefully remove them, and they detonated them, so they were fucking still live. Right. Man. Then there's another story. Some fucking beach somewhere. It's crazy that they're alive uh, being buried like that. All that condensation would ruin the gunpowder. Some beach somewhere, a fucking bomb from a ship or something fucking uh, washed up. And kids and fucking a bunch of people were, like, climbing on it and taking pictures. And then eventually, whatever, they reported it. And it ended up being a fucking live fucking bomb. Like, like fucking huge, this big. And kids were, like, fucking climbing on it and fucking taking pictures with it and shit. It's usually fine. You can do that. I don't know, man. It's like a bullet. You can, you can play with the bullet. It's pretty sketchy. You can touch a bullet. That bullet just ain't going to go off. But you never know. Exactly. Pretty crazy stuff. Um, Yeah, pretty good... Uh, Pretty round of BDN news session there, folks, boys and girls. Oh, that wasn't it. Oh, we're not done. Moving on, moving on. <laughs> moving on, moving on. 126-year-old message in a bottle. Message in a bottle. Found in a Boston wall. It is in a a nice rye whiskey. Uh, 3133 Castle Street. This was made in Boston. Uh, N. Simons. N. Simmons. Anybody know about that? 126 years old, still got the court cat and the message inside. The boss. Let me guess. How old was it? 126. 126 years old, so that's fucking roughly 1900, a little bit, 18 something. 1894. So, um, it's probably got something to do with fucking. It's probably nothing, to be honest with you. I bet you it's a bunch of fucking... It might be a love letter to the old lady or something. The Boston Archaeology Program said a resident living in the Black Bay area found the bottle tucked into a space between the fireplace flue and an interior wall. Oh, wait, it was in a home? home? Yeah. Maybe it was directions to a fucking family fortune or something. The N. Simons rye whiskey bottle contained a cryptic note dated September 23rd, Ooh, 1894. Uh, the note bears the name Tom Ford and the phrase... Six on Shay. Six on Shade. Shay. Six on Shay. Uh, we have a myst- we have a mystery for the hive mind this week. For the hive mind, we have a mystery for the hive mind this week. A Boston resident found his amazing message in a bottle tucked into the space between the fireplace flue and interior. You said that last sentence. <laughs> Presumably placed there by past builders. Obviously, the archaeologists. These guys. These guys get paid thousands of dollars for that. The archaeology program said in a Facebook post, anybody have any idea about N. Simons, Tom Ford, or Six on Shea? Let us know in the comments. And apparently no one knew because <laughs> that's the end of the story. Knew. They didn't even say what the... That's all the note said was Six on Shea? Six on Shea. Hmm. Maybe it's uh, directions for something. Is there a Shea? Maybe putting six grand on Shea Stadium. Maybe he thought they're gonna name fucking the, the New York Mets Stadium Shea Stadium in eighteen ninety four. They didn't even have the New York Mets right. then. So in the future, there'll be New York Mets, and I bet six on it, they'll be called Shea Stadium. <laughs> yeah, but it's probably spelled S H A Y. S H E A. Oh yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Is there a Shea Road? There might be Shea Street. Six on Shea. And that fucking nuts. How can you write a story and not even put any facts or anything in there? These motherfuckers. These motherfuckers. These motherfuckers. Of course, Boston would do something like that. Let's give these guys just something. And least but not last. Well, least and last. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good one for our you fucking loony libs. You loony lefties out there. Atlantic City is offering bidders the chance to blow up a former Trump casino through auction. For about six years, the ghost of Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino has haunted the boardwalk in Atlantic City, New Jersey. It's lingering vastness of vacant life. Um, but not for long, said the fucking city of Atlantic City. They're like, fuck you. <laughs> the city of Atlantic. <laughs> right. The city of Atlantic. They said the skyline highlight come eyesore is scheduled for de- demolition late next month. And the city is offering you the opportunity to bring it down with your own hands. Sort of. We are still on the experience to push the button to implode the Trump Plaza, says uh, Bodner's auction. So they're going to auction this place off and it's planned to be exploded on the 29th of January, just nine days after Trump's re-inauguration. Organization. How do you say it? Re-inauguration. Yeah, re-inauguration. This will be done remotely and can be done anywhere in the world as well as close to the plaza as we can safely get you to it. Fuck that. I ain't going to pay... These guys are going to, I guarantee you, some, Somebody's paying some, some lefty's going to pay about $500,000 to push a fucking button. And they're going to be like, I blew up Trump's, I blew up a, a Trump Tower that he's probably only visited once when it broke ground and then fucking never set foot in it. Right. The city official says, don't worry, the proceeds will benefit the Boys and Girls Club of Atlantic City. <laughs> yeah, sure they will. Okay. What a fucking stupid fucking thing. Anybody to fucking, anything to make money off of fucking liberal f- fucking ideology the uh the whole reason is to get back at trump for saying that atlantic city um is on its way out according to Donald trump openly mocking atlantic city saying the, they made a lot of money and then he got out i don't make no sense who's writing these stories they're saying that fucking he shut down his shit because fucking atlantic city was fucking flailing and you want to shit no more there. Right. You guys made a lot of money fast, but then pe- petered quickly. All right. They worded shit. So fucked up there. Yeah. Well, it's Atlanta City. It's New Jersey, man. Uh, oh, my gosh. The, the, the bids are ex- are expected to exceed $1 million. Sad. Just to push the fucking button. You fucking Trump haters are so fucking idiotic. At least let me fucking go in there and drill a hole and put a stick of dynamite in the bitch or something. Right. Right, that's probably the most stupidest story I've read so far. See, like I said, should have ended it with the fucking last one. What a fucking piece of shit story. Right. What a piece of shit. What a bunch of pieces of shit. Right. Imagine if somebody was fucking... Idiots. Imagine if um, Obama... I guarantee you, a, a mil- a, nobody would pay a million dollars to push a button to blow up Obama's fucking hotel. I was say, well, imagine if fucking like Obama's childhood home was being detonated or torn down right. and people were like, Hey, hey, uh, we're going to do a... A right. fucking auction, and right. whoever gets to push the button, everybody right. like, you're racist, you right. piece of shit. Right. Fucking pathetic. Fucking stupid. Fucking pathetic. Fucking dumb. Well, that was your random fucking news you never thought you needed to know, but now you do? I still don't think they needed to know. <laughs> well, it's always good to fucking expand your fucking, your, the horizon of your mind. 
Now you know that crocodiles live side by side with I mean, yeah, I was saying, if there's any, any positive out of this episode, I realize that there's American crocodile. And whatever Six on Shea is, Tom fucking, um, Tom Ford wanted it. Well, maybe we'll get that follow-up story in about six to nine months. Right. So, And some bitch has a mustache between her front teeth. Right. Now it's on her face, too, so she's right. got now a mustache she has a real everywhere. Mustache. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's about it, fellas. That's about it, fellas. Well, and you can buy your wine from a fucking waste management fucking mm-hmm. wastewater facility, which is fine. And that's not a worm in there. Nope. That's a turd. Well, it could be a worm. Because <laughs> people eat worms. Yes, but I don't think a worm would survive. You think so? What if you ate a What if you ate a worm? Do you, I don't know. And, what, and like whole, would it survive in your stomach? No, your acid kills everything instantly. I don't know. Yeah. No, because Steve-O fucking... Swallowed two goldfish and puked them up. Yeah, but he didn't. He had a whole body or belly full of water. True. So what if you eat a Is bunch it... of dirt and then <laughs> what if you eat a bunch of water and then put the worm in there? Yeah, that'd be fine, I guess. But soon enough, that water is going to get diluted by that fucking uh, uh, acid in your stomach and that worm will die. Um, what's his name? Fucking puked up frogs. Yeah, because he, he drinks like fucking five gallons of water before he does this. That's what they do. They drink water nonstop for fucking hours and just have a belly full of fucking water. It's ridiculous and stupid. Oh, no, not the steeple one. He said he was only dr- able to drink like a couple uh, bottles of water. Yeah, but he has good gag reflex. <laughs> What's that got to do with anything? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I guess it's going to do it for BDN, BDN News. I was going to say something to you. Rudely interrupted me, too. <laughs> I forgot what the fuck it was. It was a good thing. Well, all right. Well, maybe uh, next time. Right. <laughs> this is BDN News. We'll be back probably for a watch along or some shit. You never know. A new episode of Lee and Corey is going to get recorded. Finally, Ooh. the um, conclusion yeah. to the empty pizzeria slash oh, Giovanni you guys remember that? is missing. I don't missing. even remember. <laughs> I don't even remember. Slash Giovanni is missing episode. Maybe we'll put it out. Obviously, as, uh, obviously you're going to have to rerun that first. Maybe put it out together. One and two. Put out two first and then put out one and two together. Who knows? Either or. We'll be back for something. This is the Mouth of Michiganders with Mayday!